Because most people, they think money comes first and then you get rid of anxiety. But from your experience, in order to get money, you first overcome anxiety. It's true. And everybody has their own unique individual life. My life, I've had actually very little anxiety issue mm -hmm. regarding uh, money. In fact, it was something I would observe other people having mm -hmm. this issue about money. Yeah. And I didn't understand it. I never experienced it until I was in my 30s. Some pretty intense stuff came up. Welcome to the Early Retirement Advantage podcast, where you will get weekly doses of inspiration to pursue financial freedom while caring for your mental health. After being diagnosed with several mental illnesses during the pandemic and getting fired soon after that, I decided to turn that into an opportunity to pursue FIRE, financial independent and retire early. If you're ready to kickstart your financial freedom journey while taking care of your mental health, you've come to the right place. You will learn the mindset and strategies to retire early from anything that no longer serves you. So in my month-long trip to Alachua, to the Temple of the Universe, I have the pleasure of meeting a lot of really interesting people. And Gary is one of the very interesting people I've met on this trip. And he also is my Airbnb host. And we shared a lot of very insightful conversations about personal finance, money, the pursuit of happiness, freedom. And I just really want to invite him to share some of his thoughts and philosophies on this channel. So Gary, why don't you introduce yourself to my audience, a little bit about your background, a little bit about your story, um, so people know like who you are. Okay. And where you're coming from. Sure. Well, I also want to say right up front how really nice it's been having you here and getting to know you've been an amazing uh, guest here and really contributed a lot to not only myself, but the other people that are here. Very nice. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, where we are right now, we're on part of 40 acres of land called the Latra Forest Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm very much living in in nature and i'm in a place right now where it's really a long time historical nature ever since i was a, a young man a sort of a calling that i had mm -hmm. but really never had the means to fulfill to fulfill it and by those means i'm talking not only about like finances because i didn't really start with 40 acres i didn't start with the finances to be able to start developing spaces to share with people like you like the nice little tiny house that you stayed in mm -hmm. had did not fall from a tree yeah so yeah there it's it's been a long process of developing financial means in other words, the finances are a type of energy, a type of power mm -hmm. uh, that enabled me to do those things, to do what I'm doing, um, getting the more land, getting multiple tiny houses now, finishing main house, other spaces, a whole other house. Mm -hmm. And that process has been completely uh, an expression, an intimate part of my personal development as a human being, mm -hmm. my whole understanding about actually how things work. Hmm. sort of maybe some Dallas aspects of money mm -hmm. and of which really things like currency or uh, representations and you know uh, accounts that are uh, held digitally I mean that that's really just expression of underlying power yeah you know like the paper you have in your hands mm -hmm. uh, let's say if you're dealing with cash currency I mean what is it it's just paper Right. It might help you start a fire. It's representing a tremendous energy yeah. that will, can move people and things and in some cases even cause things like, you know, respect. Yeah. And in some situations, depending on the person, it may even help them feel well and secure. Yeah. So it's all really to be looked at. Along my way in life, 
there has been a, uh, as I indicated earlier, a, a sort of evolution of my understanding about how things are really accomplished. Yeah. And also along the way, uh, how my values have also evolved. I've become more clear of what's really important to me, yeah. uh, how happiness is really experienced, really in some ways even what happiness is, and how, you know, if we're not peaceful, first of all, how can you be happy if you're not peaceful? Right. I mean, and so what is that part about feeling peaceful? Like we don't want to have anxiety, Mm-hmm. And even a lot of people are experiencing anxiety, and sometimes they think money is going to help resolve that anxiety, mm-hmm. as if it's like one leads to the other. Yeah. But I can tell you, in, in my experience, actually overcoming anxiety about money has actually led to more um, wealth that's available to me to use so it's almost Um, like i guess counterintuitive or opposite than what most people think because most people they think money comes first and then you get rid of anxiety but from your experience in order to get money you first overcome anxiety it's true and you know everybody has their own unique individual life my life i've had actually very little anxiety issue Mm -hmm. regarding uh, money. In fact, it was something I would observe other people having this issue about money. Yeah. And I didn't understand it. I never experienced it until I was in my 30s. Some pretty intense stuff came up. I don't yeah. know if we'll get into it. Yeah. But it, it was the first time in my life that even though I had businesses and uh, it was just always play for me. Yeah. But I was in a circumstance where all of a sudden, like, oh my God, I've got a money issue that I was subjected to. Yeah. Just, um, and it was just like the anxiety I felt about that yeah. was that I had never experienced before. I, at some point, I also realized that it was blocking me. Focusing on that anxiety and that yeah. need yeah. was actually um, not really helpful at all. It yeah. was in the way. And I can tell you about a few other things because also money very much connects to time. Mm, and yeah. something we talked about a little bit, even the, the consciousness of who's the doer, who's doing. Right. So there, is, there are, for me, you know, there are very spiritual aspects to it. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to hope we can touch on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you know, I was born into an affluent family, mm-hmm. um, you know, more than just like, oh, doing well, you know, like mm-hmm. upper middle class. There was actual wealth there. Mm -hmm. Um, because for generations the family had been successful Mm -hmm. Uh, even though immigrants my grandparents were immigrants and um, it was a very rough situation for them in Europe Mm -hmm. but yeah it's what the family's good at it's it's sort of in the blood in the bone Mm -hmm. and so you know in some ways I inherited a certain aptitude and attitude and um, but yeah I grew up around a lot of wealth I never really thought about it whatever was there. I mean, big homes and private educations and travel and traveled all over Europe when I was a little child with, you know, my father had to just take the whole family. He wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So it was like that. But I grew up in the city. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Miami, which is a pretty real city. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with the passions of the city and around a lot of people that were really good people. I mean, I had a very fortunate childhood Mm-hmm. Uh, not only in terms of material means, but yeah, the people, just the people I knew the family had were like good people. Mm-hmm. And, but there was a really strong, there were two strong parts 
even then. And, and one is like, well, wealth is important. Mm. You know, it's like having cars and boats and the ability to do these things. Mm. And I, I know that there is a certain gratification that, you know, my family and relatives had feeling that type of mm -hmm. success that, well, the things can be enjoyed, but there's also the social aspect of, mm. you know, how it might represent you to have these things. Mm -hmm. But something I witnessed early on also was the generosity mm. of a lot of family and friends. Their views about money were not, I mean, they didn't like to lose money and they weren't mm -hmm. fools and they didn't like want to make bad deals or anything, but they were also very generous people. I see. And I think that's to some extent why they were, they enjoyed life so much mm. because they really were not in this consciousness that yeah. it's just for me or I want this or that, yeah. but not only for themselves or even for their family, but for their community, just tremendous generosity. And I think there was some real messaging in that uh, about where happiness mm. came from. Mm -hmm. And I think a generous person is a happier person. Mm -hmm. But more than that, and I think this is a really interesting point, and I'm not saying that we should be like a give to get, like, oh, I'm going to be generous <laughs> as some right. type of technique right. to kind of right. manipulate the universe. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not yeah. quite the right attitude. Right. But there, yeah, so maybe you don't want to give to get. Yeah. But... For me, the universe is a very conscious place. I mean, you can go into those areas, you know, whether you want to like bring it in with words like karma or stuff like that, or, you know, various things like attractions and, you know. Yeah. But I do think that having, and this is really important to me, having a, an attitude of service for other mm. people mm -hmm. and whether one is, you know, wants to call it spirituality or just, you, you know, humanism, philanthropy, whatever, that is part of how the universe functions. The universe yeah. will often, yeah. and there's no absolute rules, will want to yeah. support that experience. Yeah. And like, oh, you know, like you're a good person, you want to do good things for other people. Well, for lack of a, you know, a better word, people who are atheistic use the term blessing. Mm -hmm. You're going to be blessed with this. You're right. going to do something good with this. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's also important to note that you know, I think a lot of people, they might be hearing this and they're like, oh, well, your family's able to be generous because they already have money. But it's also important to note that you don't necessarily need to wait until you have money in order to be generous. So it's like, you know, the cause and effect is always like counterintuitive in a way, because a lot of people think that when I have money, I'll be generous. But all money does is it amplifies what you already are. Yes. So if you're not mm. generous when you don't have money, after you get money, it's not going to turn you into a generous person magically. Mm -hmm. That's it right. It just amplifies what you are. Yeah. And so like the cause and effect is like, I feel like pretty counterintuitive because I feel like a lot of people, they live with the mindset that I have money first and then I'm generous. But no, it's actually I'm generous first and then I have money. And even when you don't have a ton of money, you can still be generous with, you know, other ways. You don't necessarily need to like, you know, donate a bunch of money that you don't have, mm -hmm. but maybe you can serve other people in terms of service or in terms of your time or you know, in terms of your knowledge, right? I think this is a pretty important distinction to make, like not just focus on giving what you don't already have, but just focus on being of service and, you know, focus on being generous in ways that you can, because we all have things that we're capable of doing. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up. Mm -hmm. And so I'll go there. I want to support and echo what you just said, because yeah. it's actually really core when people ask me about finances. There's two things I tell people. Yeah. 
And I also, and I'll, I'll say what those are in just a, a few minutes, but I, I feel it's also having talked a little bit about the youth and the family that I was brought up in, yeah. I think it's important to say that I also started from scratch mm -hmm. um, because and I don't want to get deep into the story, mm -hmm. but yeah, I had certain things and I had certain ways and I never had worries and I earned money. I had businesses. Um, I also really good at preserving money, which is mm -hmm. really important because yeah. earning money is one thing. Yeah. Hanging on to it and growing it yeah. is another because we all know like person, $50 million lottery winner. Yeah. And they're like destitute and yeah. unhappy in a couple yeah. years. So yeah. Why don't we go into like your principles of money that we talked about your principles of money? Because I feel like it really ties into okay. the subject. Okay. Yeah. So I would do that yeah. like, really promptly. But I, okay. I do want to yeah. say that I, I started from, we started from scratch. There's yeah. something that uh, without getting into it caused me to lose everything. Not a bad financial decision or this or that. It was yeah. just, yeah, just life stages, uh, divorce. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really had to start from scratch. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to me, I think, for myself, but also if I'm going to share my story to where somebody just doesn't go like, oh, yeah, well, I never had that. I didn't grow up with like yeah. a, a super rich dad. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't grow up with all that opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, when I had to re suddenly restart from scratch, I was getting pummeled. I was like right. way down and a lot mm -hmm. of things were hitting me. It was just totally shocking. Yeah. And that actually connects to the part where for the first time in my life, I experienced like, now I understand that people have issues about money, right. you know? So going, going to where, um, the other thing, I mean, there's a lot of, that could be said about money and attitudes about money, but, and sometimes because my businesses have not always been financial businesses, mm -hmm. but they have been for co-founded a finance company in 1996 is when we incorporated. And it's mm -hmm. an ongoing company that has actually funds other companies that I have. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things. There's, you know, finance is a very large world. Just because someone's in finance, that doesn't mean they know everything about like stocks or Forex or, you know, this is that. Mm -hmm. I was in a very specific area and accounts receivable finance, and now is just a general lender to s small businesses, but I deal with business-to-business -business transactions, not personal lending so much. Um, but I practiced two principles when I was restarting at the age of 30. Mm -hmm. And the first one, really simple, and we, I'm sure you've heard it before, save money. Mm. And so that my principle is, I don't care how little you're making. Maybe you're only making $100 a month. Take a certain amount of it, like 10%. Learn to live without that $10. Hold on to that money. Keep that money and start saving it to invest it. Mm. And the reason for that is, is I learned that money attracts money. And on some level, you might say, oh, well, that person's so rich. They've got all these investments. Like, mm -hmm. okay, well, that's true. Right. But it doesn't negate the fact of money's attracting money. There's literally an, an attraction factor, not just like, oh, you've got the money to put it in the bank and even a cheap, poor investment. Right. Like, that's all true. Yeah. 
But underlying that is the fact that money attracts money. Mm-hmm. And that's why when people start getting money, there's even more and more and more money mm. that starts coming. Yeah. So that's the principle. Money attracts money. And part of it is you're communicating with the universe, whether you realize it or not. And if you're not valuing money enough to keep money, I mean, think of it like a relationship. Right. Like, if you're not valuing someone, mm-hmm. they're going to disappear and go because they want to be valued. Right. So it's yeah. like yeah. you're going to keep someone mm-hmm. or something that you value. Yeah. And so if you start saving money, you're literally communicating, I appreciate, I value, yeah. and hopefully ultimately honor yeah. the presence of money or wealth, whatever it is, in my life. And so you're opening the door. So maybe the practical aspect is, uh, okay, you got some money so you can invest it. Yeah, interest income, capital gains. Yeah, but the other part is deeper. And this deeper part, part. this Mm -hmm. energetic part is really, really important. Because if you don't get that right, you can have a life of frustration, never Mm -hmm. having enough. So it's a really important principle, like Mm -hmm. really seriously. Don't go like, I'm only making 100 bucks. I can't save anything. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry to hear that Mm -hmm. because I'm almost pretty sure you'll never have wealth or be able to keep it. Mm -hmm. Again, that's why you win a $50 million lottery Mm -hmm. and you're broke again in a few years. It's a mess up. The other principle is to, we talked about this a little bit, and that's to be charitable. Mm -hmm. So you could say like, I'm only making $100 a month. I can't give any money to anybody else to, I can't give anything in charity. I can tell you that learn to live on 80 bucks a month, Mm. put 10 of that hundred dollars, put 10 in the savings, give $10 away freely, help someone Mm. give Mm -hmm. to give to a cause that you care about because immediately, as soon as you do that, you just overcame poverty consciousness. Mm. You just really communicated to the universe. It's about the consciousness. You're Mm -hmm. defeating poverty consciousness. You're defeating scarcity consciousness. You are just a generous person. Mm -hmm. So there's two things. So where you start, and hopefully you're making more than 100 a month, Mm -hmm. but I am making the point seriously, even if you're only making $100 a month, do that because soon you will be making more than a hundred a month and you mm-hmm. won't be broke. Yeah. I mean, a couple months down the road, maybe you're only making 200 a month, mm-hmm. uh, but you've got 200 bucks in the bank too. And you you have to start that process at some yeah. point. Mm-hmm. The two principles of money. What is the third principle of money? Because I remember there's three. So when people ask me, I generally have two principles. But oh, it's I two think, principles? But I appreciate that invitation. So a third principle, I would really put it into the fact to the area of, of pleasure, because mm. the first two could be a little bit about overcoming fears and anxieties and yeah. learning the way. But hey, keep in mind what this is really about. Right. Like we're meant to be happy on the other side of that fear or anxiety or whatever might be going on about money that we don't want. Mm. And let's remember. So, you know, when someone's budgeting, it, I think it's, it's sort of, you know, entertainment or whatever. So, you know, something. Yeah, fun money. Yeah, just, money. just something that would be for yourself, I guess, mm. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's respecting the universe, there's caring about others, and you're treating them like, but you're part of it, too. Don't yeah. forget yourself. So thanks for the third principle. <laughs> I push you to <laughs> think of a third one. Yeah. 
Share this episode with anyone you think can benefit from it. Thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review or taking a screenshot of this episode, tagging me at cherrytongue.co and sharing it on Instagram where I'm most active. I can't wait to connect with you. In the meantime, go out there and seek your freedom.